0: Today on this week in Iowa, tax reform from the Republicans, but they don't agree on how to get there. We break down the different plans. Then a refugee family arrives in Iowa. The harrowing journey this young family took and the family they left behind, plus the need from Iowans to help. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us for this week in Iowa. I'm Sabrina Ahmed. Tax season has begun. We all have taxes top of mind, so let's talk about some proposals from the governor and the legislature looking at what to do about how much you pay Uncle Sam in the future. In her condition of the state, the governor laid out her plans for major tax reform. She has four big pieces in this proposal, so stay with me. One is establish a flat 4% individual income tax rate. Two is to eliminate retirement income tax, exempt net capital gains on sales of employee-awarded capital stock. And the fourth is to cut Iowa's corporate tax rate down all the way to 5.5%, of course, over time. Senate Republicans in the legislature and the House uh, have all released their own proposals. So let's get into those legislative proposals and we'll start with the Senate. This is big, it's complex, more than a hundred pages. So stick with me on this, okay? It can get a get bit gritty. This bill includes a flat individual income tax of 3.6%. that's lower than the governor's proposal. It lowers the corporate tax rate to a flat 7.8%. That's higher than the governor's proposal It gets rid of some tax credits and exemptions for corporations calling it a wash. Their plan eliminates taxes on retirement income as well and increases the sales tax over time. Finally, the Senate plan restructures the taxpayer relief fund. They make it an income tax elimination fund. So their ultimate goal in the Senate is to eliminate personal income tax in Iowa. All right, now let's go to the House. This is more similar to the governor's plan. Uh, Here's where it's the same. It uses the same language on income tax to 4% as the governor, uses the same language as the governor on making retirement income tax-free, and it uses the same language on her plan for a farmer retirement exemption piece. Again, trying to make retirement income, no, not taxed. Here's how the plan is different than the governor's plan. It does not include a tax cut for corporations. They say they want to keep the focus on individual Iowans who need relief most right now. It includes an outline on how to use the taxpayer relief fund to make this tax cut sustainable and return the money back into the hands of taxpayers. And the House does not increase the sales tax in their plan. So. How do Democrats feel about all of this? Well, as you can imagine, they're critical. They say it's going to raise taxes on most Iowans and not actually save Iowans money. Senator Zach Walls, who's the minority leader, says the sales tax increase proposed by Senate Republicans will have a disproportionate impact on low-income Iowans. And the tax cuts on a state level, including that corporate tax cut would lead to municipalities, those local municipalities raising property taxes to make up for the lack of state aid. And he says we still don't know the real impact the tax plans will have because we haven't seen the fiscal note saying the Republicans are trying to push this through too quickly.
1: They're, they're clearly trying to rush the bill through uh, our, our view based on what we've read so far is that this plan will actually raise taxes in a lot of hardworking Iowa families. Uh, and it will not do anything to actually solve the Reynolds workforce crisis, which Democrats and Republicans agree is the number one issue facing our state.
0: So the Democrats plan to release their own tax plan sometime this session. We don't know when yet. Uh, The House Republicans tax plan has been introduced in the legislature. That Senate Republican plan also introduced. They already have a subcommittee scheduled for Monday, likely before that fiscal impact is released. Okay, everyone, let's switch gears. We're going to talk about continued efforts to save people stuck in Afghanistan after its fall to the Taliban. An update on Task Force Argo. This morning we are sharing an update on Task Force Argo after the fall of Afghanistan to the Taliban in August. The US government evacuated many American citizens and allies, but not all. Private groups stepped in to evacuate people stuck in the country whose lives were at risk. Task Force Argo was one of those groups led by Iowa State Senator Zach Nunn. They've successfully gotten thousands out of the country, but there are thousands left. But the State Department has stopped these private groups from helping and has contracted only one group, Human First, to continue those evacuations. All the volunteer groups doing this for months? they were turned off by the State Department at once. Human First is working slowly, but the private groups want back in to continue to help. I spoke with none to get an update on Task Force Argo and the status of people still stuck in Afghanistan looking to get out to safety.
1: So far, we have gotten over 2,000 American citizens and our Afghan allies, many of whom have served on nine or more combat deployments, 20 years worth of service in country. Out of country and we have been able to get them to third-party countries a number of these folks are in qatar or uae Uh, some have actually made it to the united states successfully so our american citizens we were able to evacuate quite quickly um, and find homes for them here but we still unfortunately have american citizens left in afghanistan we have refugees who many of them are you know we've got catholic nuns who couldn't make it to the airport on the fall of afghanistan still trapped remotely in country we have individuals who served in special forces who are still trapped in remote areas and we're providing safe houses for. So the battle is not over. And again, we felt we had a moral obligation to help these folks and we continue to do so to this day.
0: Talk to me about what that, I mean, how are these people still trapped? How can they not get out? What is that (laughs) like? I, I just, it feels so foreign to me.
1: Well, you know, we would hope that the U.S. government would be able to help move people who qualify forward in a rapid fashion. Unfortunately, we've seen a number of challenges. One, just getting folks out of the country. So we had to charter private aircraft. We raised about $2 million and we were able to get those aircraft out of country. Uh, even today, the State Department is having a difficult time getting aircraft launched. To their credit, we have worked with State Department. They are working on an expedited evacuation process for individuals trapped in those third-party countries to find home here in the United States or in another country willing to help accept them. But again, we have a number of folks, our interpreter, for example, being able to get them out of country, um, they served with us in the combat zone. Um, They put themselves and their family at great personal risk. To be able to help assist them and their extended families out is important. The other aspect, we have American citizens who went over, who had family there. We had an individual who was a woman. She got her brother's uh, three young children her brother served in the Special Forces was executed, and these children were going to be turned into child brides. And so she is still there. She can come home, but she can't take the 15, 13, and nine-year-old daughter with them. That's something we we're working really hard to try and remedy with State Department to get the family evacuated.
0: So what can be done? What can everyday Iowans like me be doing? I mean, is there anything? Um, I mean, is, are, there, are there calls that can be? I mean, I just yeah. it, I, I feel so helpless, helpless to hear what you're saying.
1: No, both your heart and your head are in the absolute right place. One of the things we would offer is just as a volunteer, go to taskforceargo.com. We're always looking for more people to help be a handler. Um, it's usually a lot of kind of working Afghan hours, so you're helping take care of a family, inform them of what's going on, help them with their process. The other aspect is once folks get to places like Iowa, we had to fight really hard to ensure that some of these evacuees could actually come to their own family here or the community here in Iowa. So doing the, the the good work with Lutheran services, with Catholic charities, making that donation, offering uh, a helping Iowa hand to help them resell in our communities. We all know we've got a workforce shortage. These are folks that we trained for 20 years at U.S.-backed, taxpayer-funded training programs. They speak English. They're a great add to our community. So um, they the best Americans that have yet to get to America.
0: So talk to me about numbers. How many people are we talking who are still stuck there? How many people have come here? How many people are in other countries outside of Afghanistan, so wanting to come here. How many of them are going to come to Iowa? That's a lot of numbers and yeah. we're wanting, but you know, it's it, kind of some of those details.
1: So, the context of this is great. First of all, not everyone who is in Afghanistan can or should be allowed to come to the United States. Uh, we have roughly 4,000 folks who we have helped out identify that they would qualify based on their service to be able to come to the United States or have American family members, i.e., a spouse. Um, or a child. Those are individuals that we want to tee up. There's about 4,000 left in Afghanistan. We've worked with the State Department to get about 2,500 folks in third-party countries prioritized for coming, but my priority is still the folks who are trapped behind and the American citizens who are there with family to help get them out in an expedited fashion. Ultimately, I think we'll see um, several hundred that might come here to Iowa, and they could be dispersed in communities like Des Moines that are quite large or quite rural like Shelby, Iowa
0: fascinating. Okay, so how can we continue to track your adventure and your work that you are doing to help these
1: people? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think one of the great things here is uh, go to taskforceargo.com. That will give you the updates on where we are, what we're working on. Additionally, you're going to hear many stories probably in the coming weeks here from folks who have already had the opportunity to resettle. You'll find very quickly that these are heroic individuals. The, the flip side of this is we've got to keep the pressure up both at the federal government and specifically with State Department to recognize that the fall of Afghanistan in August did not mean that we abandoned all responsibilities that we had to the Afghani people or to the U.S. service members who fought alongside them. We have many Afghan special forces, the guys who really protected our rear guard, held the airport as we flew our diplomatic officials out, who put their life on the line, were separated from their family, and now have been given no help. And the fear here is that these individuals are military aged males, that's a opportunity that if they don't have U.S. support or an evacuation plan, they could easily fall into the hands and either be executed or worst case, start working for the Taliban.
0: A refugee who got here with the help of Task Force Argo finally calls Iowa home. His journey with his young family is next. This family has been through it all. When Afghanistan fell to the Taliban, Robbie Mohammadi's family, his parents, his 10 siblings, they all needed to get out. He was a general in the Afghan army. He had a target on his back. At one point they thought they were on their way to safety. They were at the Kabul airport ready to evacuate, but the help didn't pan out. They went back home to their home, fearing for their lives. That's when uh, Nabi, Rabi's brother, who lives in Iowa now, found Senator Zach Nunn and was connected to Task Force Argo. This week, Rabi, his wife, and their three young children finally made it here. Take a listen to their journey as Nabi translate for his, uh, translates for his brother, who speaks mostly Farsi.
2: My name is Rabiullah, uh, that I lived in Afghanistan. When Taliban attack our country, At the end, Kabul, capital Kabul, we lost everything like house,
3: jobs, money, everything. You know, because of my uh, work with the US Army as a translator for five years and uh, uh, his work uh, as an Afghan army officer for about uh, 10, 11 years. Mm Uh, so uh, and and after the the, Af- the Afghan government collapsed, so the family was at risk. So we had to do something. I had to do something uh, for my family and for him uh, to get them to safety. So uh, and we were just trying and reaching out anyone we could, and uh, uh, and and then we. Uh, got in touch with uh, Senator Zach Nan, and I explained my family situation. I told him uh, About him working in the Afghan army and working in the uh, you know prison and uh, so He said he will do his best to help him and and the family and then last minute uh Uh, We were gonna get the whole family out of Afghanistan the last minute we got there
0: and whole family being your parents How many siblings? Uh,
3: Yeah, I have uh, uh, Ten siblings.
0: Okay, so uh, everyone was going to come.
3: Yeah, and and three of them are married and they have children Uh, but uh, We couldn't get everyone out Uh, so but we were able to get him and uh, three children and his uh, wife out of the country. And uh, they went to, first they went to Qatar and from ba- uh, Qatar to Bahrain and from there to Washington and then from Washington to Wisconsin. They stayed in Wisconsin for five months and, uh, and you know just going through the immigration process. And then uh, uh, they, uh, like three days ago, We were told, like a week ago, we were told that they are coming to Des Moines, and three days ago they got here.
0: What was it like in Wisconsin as you were there for five months with your young children watching your son take his first steps in a military camp?
3: He said everything was organized there, you know, they had uh, uh, also, uh, there were courses they could go to, like English, American culture, and, uh, you know, different uh, kind of courses the the kids can attend as well. But you know, just staying five months in the military camp with the children, and you have to, like, uh, go out and get, uh, you know, take him to give food every day, and it, it was it was uh, a little bit we uh, can see we uh, can say like tiring, but uh, because we were just doing every, uh, the same thing every day, we, were just, we, we could just not wait to get out of the, the camp and just live you know the normal life.
0: Absolutely. Now, what does normal mean, though? I mean, you had you were a, 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 how far up in the military? A major. A major in the military, and now you have to start over.
3: We we have to now we're here and we have to start you know from beginning. So and in uh, we are happy that we are here, especially for my children you know they will have more opportunities they will be able to go back and to go to school and uh, also for myself and uh, for the whole family we are happy to be here we want to start from you know somewhere and then uh, uh, I will work hard and uh, I I do not want to uh, like uh, be lazy and, and just you know advantage I want to work hard I want to build a good future for myself and for my children
0: absolutely so what are your goals what what do you you know now you will learn English and go to school you'll get a job is to kind of put you through yourself through that what does that look like <laughs>
2: Yeah,
3: so as I mentioned, you know, in order to uh, stand on uh, my own feet, I need to get my, uh, you know, improve my English. Uh, you know, take a, an English course, improve my English, take my driver's license, and then uh, also start, you know, working uh, to be able to support the family, and then uh, uh, and then down the road, uh, planning to go go to college and get a degree. Uh, and just to be able to have more opportunities so but for now uh, once I have all my documentation um, just a short-term goal is to get my uh, uh, driver's license and uh, just uh, improve my English and get a job to be able to support the family
0: they're here they're safe what's next for them and their family still stuck in home country next Okay, he's here. He's ready to start a life with his family. It's a huge win. But there's a shadow cast over it all because his family is still stuck in their home country. Listen to his plans and his hope for the future.
2: In <laughs> the
3: you know, uh, I am very concerned about the family back home because, the, you know, they said, you know, families have you know, translator or, or the Afghan army uh, major and, in, uh, in, you know, Afghanistan is a close community. Everyone knows each other. So uh, as I'm here, but I'm very concerned about the family back home, about their safety, and hopefully we find a way to get them out of the country. Uh, but, you know, at the same time,
2: Uh, You know, we are happy
3: that we are here and they are safe so far, and hopefully nothing bad happened to them.
0: They're out of Kabul? Yes. Yes. Can you share more details than that?
3: Well, uh, just for their safety, you can say they're out, you know, they're in north, So, uh, but uh, uh, we don't know how long we're going to be able to keep them there you know as long as no one knows them they're going to live it there and then hopefully we can uh, find a way to uh you know for them to if we can't get them out of the country just to have them like start a business to uh, to be able to support themselves
0: well welcome we are so glad that you're here and you're safe with your beautiful family and thank you for talking to us what do you want the community of Iowans here now embracing these dozens, hundreds of refugees, what do you want them to know about your journey and about what you'll do from here?
3: So, uh, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm very happy to be here, and uh, thank you for welcoming us. Thank you for uh, uh, thank uh, people of Iowa for welcoming the new refugees, and uh, I hope they you know, they are. Patient with them because these people, you know, came from a country like you know, uh, like Afghanistan, and everything is new for them. So, um, so it's gonna take some time for them to settle here. And uh, it will take some patience of the Iwans, you know, to uh, work with them in our, you know, for them to uh, feel welcome and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the, if, uh, uh, this is something uh, I want to say because I, I've been in touch with the people, with the refugees and I've been trying to help him any way I can. And uh, uh, hopefully we can find families who want to voluntarily sponsor a family and take him like to grocery shopping, help him apply for a job and take him to help him with getting their driver's license because there are, we're talking about eight, 900 people and it takes the whole community to help him, not just a few individuals. So hopefully we, um, uh, we can get more volunteers to help these families because the organizations are doing their best and they are overwhelmed right now. And they, uh, I can say they do their best, but there are more we can do in order for these people to settle quickly and, uh, and also uh, for them to be successful you know, down the road.
0: Well, most of our conversation you heard there was with the help of his brother translating from Farsi. Robbie did want to share his own message in English. Uh,
2: thanks from the United States government mm-hmm. and especially from the Senator Zegnan to help us. Uh, I'm very happy, uh, which uh, my children start the school and I can start a new job in uh, Iowa. Thanks from you, from your, thank you.
0: And then you saw Saima, his daughter, down there in the corner. Uh, She is about six or seven years old, and she also has a message for everyone. Uh, This one with a little help from her uncle.
3: She said, I want to thank the U.S. US government for uh, taking us to safety, and I want to go to school, and I want to be a doctor in the future.
0: All right, we have some more info on our website, weareiowa.com, on how you can get involved and sponsor a family if you'd like to help uh, inside this show under the tab on weareiowa.com for This Week in Iowa.